This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try and unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg, from Studio One Design. How are you doing today, Greg? Doing great. Thanks, buddy. We've got a killer guest coming right up. And how are you, man? Man, I am awesome. And like you said, we've got a really interesting topic today, uh, which is sales funnels. Now, before you hit pause or switch off, listener, stick through this one because we're actually going to explain with the help of Josh what a sales funnel is and why it's important to you and how you can put one together. And at the end of the episode, Josh has got a killer free giveaway for you, the listener. So, Greg, how about we get straight into this? Yeah, let's do this, man. All right. So, welcome, Josh. And just for the benefit of the listeners, can you just share what it is that you do and your journey of how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Yeah. So, I uh, own and run CVO Acceleration Online Sales Funnels, and we help uh, small businesses strategize, implement, and also optimize online sales funnels for their business. Uh, We typically work with profitable companies that want to grow more rapidly by hiring us for our skill and also our speed. Um, my path is kind of interesting. So back in uh, 2012, I left my corporate job that I was at for seven years uh, that I had a great reputation at, that I had a decent amount of success in. And, you know, I was doing really well. I was very comfortable and I left. Um, and I went over to a software company you may have heard of called Infusionsoft. <laughs> <laughs> and I worked there throughout 2012. And, um, I did okay there. Um, you know, I was 108% to quota for the entire year as I was there, but I really wasn't happy to be quite honest. Prior to um, leaving my corporate job, at my corporate job, I was actually like a kind of a sales manager. Uh, and I'd been a sales years. I was uh, the top sales manager uh, during the fiscal year of 2010, for example. And so, you know, I was so used to having all that responsibility and, um, and basically value. Um, within like my role and what I was doing for uh, my employer at the time. And then going to Infusionsoft, I was taking a step down. I was becoming a sales rep again, which I really wasn't really crazy about. And I just didn't realize it until I was actually sitting in the chair. <laughs> so <laughs> I spent the entire year, you know, at Infusionsoft. Uh, I did, you know, fairly well. And then um, at the end of the year, though, I was actually let go. I was let go. Um, I didn't uh, really jive with my manager at the time. And, and so, you know, I didn't uh, waste any time. I got a job offer within 24 hours. And I did accept it, although I didn't start. And I actually got another job offer at uh, another company uh, within a week of leaving Infusionsoft. And that was going to be starting a month after that. So during that time, uh, this is kind of where I guess the early genesis of my company was. During that time, I was a freelancer uh, helping companies with Infusionsoft. And I put myself out on Upwork. And actually, it was known as Elance and Odesk. Now it's Upwork. And I put myself out there, and I made a little bit of money. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a crazy amount. I made like 1700 bucks a month. But to me, it was like, wow, I just made this on my own. <laughs> so, And I started at the other company that I told you that I accepted the job at. And um, within um, that first day that I started at that company, I let them know that I had a son. And at the time, I believe he was like three. And I let them know that I would have to pick up my son from school at 530, which is you know, it's a, it's a doable time. It's not like I'm asking to leave about 2 p.m. or something every day. Yeah. And um, I let them know I had to pick up my son at, um, at 5.30 a few days a week. And they were like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Why didn't you tell us this in the interview process? You know, um, 
I don't know how we feel about that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I didn't think it would be an issue. <laughs> and, and so basically it came down to, I strung that kind of that debate, that argument along for about two and a half weeks. And, um, at the end of the third week, you know, they basically gave me an ultimatum and said that I would have to change my schedule with my son, uh, which I'm a single dad and I have 50, 50 custody with, um, my son and his mother, and uh, I'd have to change my schedule to keep my job. And so, you know, I basically made the decision right then and there that I was going to just dive into entrepreneurship. I was going to make it happen. I was going to build my business, and I was going to take that little success I had that one month and make it into something bigger and greater. And that's what I did. So I started my company, and um, at the time, it was a, a very Infusionsoft-centric uh, marketing agency. Although Infusionsoft is still like the tool that we use primarily when we build and optimize sales funnels for companies. It's only a small part of what we do. So I don't really consider us an Infusionsoft-centric agency anymore. I consider mm -hmm. us a sales funnel agency. But I started as an Infusionsoft agency, like selling different Infusionsoft-centered uh, services. And then in uh, early uh, 2015, I started up CVO Acceleration uh, right around the time that I uh, closely aligned my company with Digital Marketer, which is extremely well-known in internet marketing today. Mm -hmm. And I became a certified partner with Digital Marketer, one of the first uh, companies and people to, to do so. And uh, CVO Acceleration has taken off ever since. And so I closed down ICE Accelerate, and I now focus all my resources, time, and effort on CVO Acceleration. That's a great story. Thanks, Josh, for filling us in on, on that. I mean, it is really tough in uh, in business today that, you know, we have to make the hard choices, but sometimes those hard choices really do come good. And I'm sure that that resonates with a lot of our listeners. I mean, we have a lot of designers that work from home that listen to our, our episodes. <clears throat> so you mentioned sales funnels, right? And, you know, Greg and I are both familiar with this, but I'm sure some of our listeners will be thinking, what is he talking? about. So can you just give us a rundown of, you know, what is a sales funnel and really why should every business look at having a sales funnel? Sure. You know, it's funny you say that too. A sales funnel is a very marketing centric kind of geeky like term that a lot of people don't know. And so I've tested this in my copy and it actually tests better when I call it a online sales process versus online sales funnel because people get that. <laughs> so, But a sales funnel, it's a, it's a process that, in my opinion, every business needs. The process is really simple. It, it converts traffic into leads, leads into customers, and customers into repeat customers. And uh, when, you have, when you have several of these processes performing and also automated in your business, you have consistent sales performance, and you can also open up the opportunity to scale through paid traffic for rapid growth. So that's what a sales funnel is. Look, I think that's really interesting. I mean, a lot of people talk about marketing funnels and sales funnels, and you're right, it is a really geeky term, and the average you know, business owner may not really connect the dots as to, to why it's important. But I guess, you know, from my point of view, it's, it's a repeatable process, and what you're doing is you're looking at how do we automate that process. And I, and I see a lot of people kind of give up on this too early because they, they'll try something out and they might get a, you know, one in 10 or one in 20 or one in 50 conversion and then yep. just go, well, that's not good enough, so I'm just going to let it go. But the whole point is, is if you've got, you know, a 5% or 3% conversion, if you work on that sales funnel, combine it with your marketing efforts, you can actually then turn that in, you know, from a 3% to a 4% to a 5% conversion and it becomes a powerful tool because once it's set up, you just need to feed more traffic into the front of the funnel. Is that correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, he's you know an author, an entrepreneur. He says that money is oxygen, and it's so true in business that you need you know consistent customers coming in to have money to have oxygen for your business to breathe. And um, to your point, yeah, sales funnels um, they're you know they're not easy. They're definitely challenging to get right, and you've really got to just keep working with it. You got to have persistence and tenacity and and patience and you just got to keep putting work into it and you're absolutely right you know it may start at say you know i think you said like one percent two percent conversion uh, but if you work with it if you you know just keep working with it if you test different offers if you if split tests and change the structure or elements just to try to see what moves the needle you know you can get a sales funnel to go from you know like you said one percent up to you know, 5%, 10%, you, you name it. And then once it's set up, like you said as well, and it's automated, then you've got a system in place for your business you could lean on that's bringing in leads and customers on a consistent basis. And you can pretty yeah. much, <clears throat> it's like a tap. You can, you can, you know, amp up the amount of dollars you want to send at the top of the funnel into paid traffic or whatever. Or you can turn it off if you've got too much business. And I guess <laughs> as, you, as your business grows, it's kind of a seesaw of getting that, that right amount of uh, traffic into it depending on, you know, what output you can have. So uh, yep. just on that, can you just explain the different types of sales funnels and are there different types of funnels based on, you know, business size, like for, uh, for instance, if they're a startup or established or different niches or different types of products or services that, you know, people may offer? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, we've identified that there are 15 sales funnel types based on the business type, based on what they're offering and also based off of what part of the business that the sales funnel will serve, um, because businesses can have multiple layers of sales funnels. Uh, so we've uh, also taken those 15 sales funnel types and essentially put them into three different categories. Uh, the three categories, and we very much follow like the digital marketer terminology here, three different types of sales funnels are acquisition funnels, activation funnels, and monetization funnels. Acquisition funnels are basically those funnels that uh, draw uh, visitors to your business, convert those visitors into leads, and convert those leads into first-time customers, and then it helps you maximize that revenue you receive from first-time customers. Whereas a monetization funnel allows you to really maximize the revenue that you're receiving from your customers after they've already become customers. Mm. And then finally, uh, an activation funnel uh, is really meant to activate, activate leads or visitors that haven't done anything when they've come to your business or they've been sitting in your database, your email database. Activation funnels are meant to get people to say yes or say no. I think that's, that's really interesting. And just maybe to put it a little bit into context for something that some of our listeners may have seen, you know, is, I mean, everybody's seen things like, you know, sign-ups for, for free offers where you end up a lead, right? And people have seen offers being sent to you where you can buy something. The, the idea of that activation, you know, a simple explanation of that activation is, you know, often a lot of online stores these days have cart 
abandonment sequences. So you've gone, you've you've gone into the cart. You have already you're already on their list, right? You've had some kind of uh, interaction with them, but you haven't purchased yet. And they'll send you an email saying, "Hey, by the way, you know you've still got these items in your cart." So it's just helping push them over the line. The other thing that I've seen done really, really well is when you visit, if you're on the list and you visit a site and you don't make a purchase and you browse the actual store area, they'll then send you an offer for free shipping or some kind of discount soon after that interaction that you've had with them. So, yeah, a lot of people may have seen this stuff and actually not registered that that they're part of a sales funnel to try and encourage either that acquisition, that activation, or that that monetization. I'm sure you've got a ton of, of great stories. Let's call them a case study, probably more relevant. Can you give us an example of a, a sales funnel that a, a simple small business would use that's working really well today? Sure. You know, I'll use a recent example. So we just recently uh, launched a funnel for uh, Jamie Masters of Eventual Millionaire. And um, she came to us because she had a funnel uh, that was underperforming that she wanted help with. So her goal was to increase its performance so she can add an additional 45000 in revenue per month in sales. From uh, She has this great program called Millionaire Hustlers uh, that she sells. And uh, she also wanted to get the majority of that 45000 per month from cold traffic via Facebook ads. And what that means is that's traffic that isn't really familiar with her or her brand. So basically not people like in her database or not people that follow her on social media, like brand new people that haven't taken those steps with her brand. And so she was like, you know, really focused on trying to get results from traffic that uh, is harder to convert versus traffic that she already has that have followed her on social media or are or emails that are in her database. So, you know, it was a pretty challenging funnel. And so just to give you some background, you know, before she started working with us, um, she had this these steps in her funnel. She had a webinar funnel. Uh, it was a, an acquisition funnel using the terminology I, I just went over a little while ago. And she was uh, driving people to a lead magnet. Then she was driving those people to a webinar registration page. And then, of course, they would, she would follow up with those people, get them to attend the webinar. And then during the webinar, she would then uh, offer them the Hustlers program, take them to a sales page. And then if they do purchase, there would be a upsell page at that point. So before working with us, uh, she, she tried many different like configurations of what I just went over, that process. Sometimes she tried that process without a lead magnet, and she drove people directly to the webinar. She tried different lead magnets. She even tried different webinars, and she just really could never get it like performing, get it right. She saw some th- things working, but some things not working. So it was just very inconsistent and broken, and so that's why she came to us. So she's worked with us now for a few months. We've uh, published her funnel. She's currently in the last phase of our fulfillment process, which we call the optimization phase. And that's all we're doing during optimization is split testing, really working towards a specific performance goal that we've agreed to with her when she started with us. And now she's doing 50% conversion to her lead magnet offer page from cold traffic using the Facebook ad platform, which is higher than any other conversion she's ever had for any offer. Uh, She's also getting a 43% conversion into the webinar from the the, the leads that have registered for the lead magnet, um, because that's the second step in the funnel process that we've recommended and built out for her. She's right now in the middle of her optimization phase, so it's it's a little early to report on final results, but I can safely say that she's definitely on her way towards having 45000 in revenue per month. Early signs are awesome. She's doing fantastic. And 
Uh, that's probably the best example I have for you and your audience. That is also a recent example, and it's also an example of how Greg and his company have helped us as well. <laughs> I'm so glad you chose that as an example, <laughs> um, but, which is incredible. So just on that, I mean, those results are amazing for a start. So did she change her offer at all, or what did you change that made it so much more successful? Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we, you know, we, in that, so in the strategy process, whenever a customer comes on board with us, you know, we really identify what's been working, what hasn't in the past. And we try to adopt as much of what they have currently asset-wise and in their new funnel strategy. And, um, and so she's using a lead magnet that she's used in the past. Um, she calls it the W revenue uh, lead magnet. So it's, it's, it's a existing lead magnet that she's tested and she's used in the past, but she just has never seen higher than about 30% conversion. And that was to a mix of traffic. That wasn't just purely to cold traffic, like mm -hmm. what she's doing now. Um, with her webinars, I mean, she's seen fairly so, you know, strong conversion there, anywhere between 30 to 50%, uh, depending on what webinar it was. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we decided on a specific webinar that had tested well in the past, and it also was well positioned to be between her uh, W Revenue Lead Magnet and also her Hustlers offer as well, because it's very important that all your offers are, have like um, really appeal to the same avatar and um, are essentially steps up her value ladder. So this way people are getting those little victories as they're moving up and up towards her company's value proposition. Yeah, I can imagine it would need to all align and, and yeah, essentially yeah, have the same benefit really. The same, right. end, yeah, same end goal. That's fantastic. All right, and what else did you change? Um, and also we changed, uh, you know, the copy quite a bit. So we changed the copy. Um, you know, we had a copywriter come on board that did a stellar job. And, um, and then, of course, you know, just like I alluded to earlier, we changed design across the board. <laughs> thanks, to, <laughs> thanks to your help, uh, which was awesome. Um, and, you know, that was a judgment call, to be quite honest. You know, um, she had been purely using templatized uh, pages up to that point via lead pages. And, uh, you know, no knock on lead pages, but I really felt like with uh, her and her brand that she really, she needed something that really stood out and something that really um, extended that premium uh, experience that she's supposed to be providing with uh, her brand and her offer. I mean, her, her brand's called Eventual Millionaire. So in my opinion, you know, the design of her, uh, her funnel pages should like really reflect what her brand represents and stands for. So I, I chose to uh, hire your company, as you know, you know, to h help us uh, redesign her entire funnel and come up with some stellar funnel page designs. And you guys obviously did a fantastic job. So that's what we changed. And we changed also some stuff on the back end with um, Infusionsoft. I mean, just in our follow-up process. And we, we do a few clever things here and there, like um, passing email addresses from page to page. This way people don't have to fill them out again and again. They could just click on a button and boom, they convert. So it just eases the friction throughout the funnel process. You know, we do, for example, another example of something we do is, and I, and I know that uh, Alan actually mentioned something similar to this, a card abandonment process. So when someone goes to the sales page from an email, we pass their email address from the email address to the sales page. And then when they click on the buy button on that sales page and they go to the order form, we are actually submitting a form. They don't even know it. We're submitting a form on the back end within Infusionsoft telling us that they just visited the order form. So now if they don't purchase within, say, four hours, we'll follow up with them with an email 
abandonment campaign so this way we can get them to come back and purchase so you know that's just another example but yeah besides that i mean just numbers we're really good at locking in numbers and using google analytics and visual website optimizer for split testing and getting data out of infusionsoft as well we're just really good at really identifying what's working and what isn't so this way we can really optimize that sounds fantastic and it actually leads me into a question i wanted to ask i mean this podcast is primarily about design it talks to graphic designers it talks to business owners that have an interest in graphic design and and you know sales funnels are so important i'm just curious uh, what you think of uh, the importance of having high-quality design through all the steps of this sales funnel. I mean, you've talked about drawing traffic from Facebook and then sending them to landing pages and having emails. Uh, obviously, you want to have some kind of continuity through this sales funnel, but you also want to represent the brand correctly. Do you think poor-quality right. design can have an impact on the the sales funnel? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, in Jamie Master's case, I mean, she was uh, wanting to really focus on cold traffic. Traffic isn't familiar with her. So she essentially has that one shot to impress them and blow them away. Um, and she definitely wants to stand out because there are a lot of, you know, marketers online that are sending people to, the, frankly, these templatized landing pages. So, so in her case, design was extremely important. And in almost every case, you can make an argument that design is extremely advantageous to get better results from your funnel process. I love that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it just it brings up a couple of things that that have come through here in the past, and something I saw recently on Facebook, which is. You know, often you see things and read about things for sales funnels, marketing funnels, strategies, tactics, conversions, and what happens very quickly is a lot of people are doing a lot of the same thing. You know, as far as your one shot to get people's attention with Jamie's example, you know, that's not so unrealistic for most businesses. You know, that first interaction is critical. And like our good friend Taki Moore says, you know, you wouldn't want somebody to think your business is crap or your service is crap because your design is crap. You know, <laughs> you, you, you want to have that alignment with your design to what, what you offer. And I saw something uh, very interesting, Greg, you know, uh, our friend Jen Sheehan, the social media uh, guru, for lack of a better, for lack of a better word. I mean, she posted something on Facebook, you know, saying, yeah, please stop sending me these, you know, how to make my business X, Y, Z ads in Facebook because Everybody is doing it. I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, I don't go on Facebook often. And when I do, I'm just seeing a ton of these uh, ads and promoted posts, which are all just more of the same. And they've all got pretty average design. And there's no branding in there that really jumps out and grabs my attention. And certainly not a lot of consistency because I'm not seeing an ongoing message as part of a sales funnel from a consistent brand with consistent visuals, you know. So I think, yeah. you know, like you say, design is 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 critical. And if you've only got one shot, you, you really don't want to screw that up. I just want to take it back to the to the split test. And did you split test designs? Is that some, like, what part of the design did you split test to keep uh, optimising? Um, you know, we we didn't uh, split test design. You know, uh, we could have we could have started by just building the funnel using templates, but we didn't. We jumped straight into uh, the design route just because, again, that was just a decision that I made and the strategy that you know we needed to 
get her brand to stand out amongst other like you know coaches out there that sell similar products. And you know, on top of that, she had been using templatized you know pages designs in the past, and she had seen okay results, but nothing Got it. truly so significant. The split so, test yeah. was really the old versus the new. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. The split tests that we've done have been like headline tests, image tests, adding you know, like new copy to you know different pages in her funnel. Um, have been you know seeing if we you know for example that card abandonment process I went over, seeing how much of a difference that makes in converting people to purchase hustlers versus us not using that. You know things like that have been split mm-hmm. tests that we've implemented. It seems like there's obviously a lot to a to sales funnel. And so there's probably a lot of people out there that are trying to do it themselves, which is cool. But, um, you know, from your expert opinion, what's something that you could do to, uh, I don't know, what's some good advice you could give to somebody that isn't getting good results with their marketing sales funnel? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first Come on, and foremost, it's <laughs> a magic bullet that's going to make everybody rich. Yeah. Is it a case of reviewing the whole <laughs> funnel and, and then sort of um, breaking it down? Well, I would first tell them to download my conversion flight rules guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's killer. I mean, it's just, it really, you know, it, there's a, a lot of value packed into it. It really helps someone really uh, jump ahead in regards to optimizing their pages in their funnel and using these specific tips that I have in the guys so where they get better conversions, but I'm not trying to, you know, focus but it, on is, me. it does sound like a good, you know, first step for somebody that wants to get better results. So that's, that's good advice. Even if it is your own product, that's fine. It's totally free. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. But you know, but you know, to answer your question though, without even worrying about my brain or whatnot, honestly, I would just say, have a plan. That's what I've seen. I see a lot of people just, just throwing stuff up and just hoping it sticks, like using this spaghetti uh, process the spaghetti strategy, I guess. And um, to me, I think that, um, you know, your listeners uh, could really benefit from just focusing on that plan first before they execute. And that plan, in my opinion, just needs to focus on identifying the perfect customer to center your marketing efforts around, uh, coming up with um, hooks that they can use in their copy to motivate those perfect customers to opt in or buy. Um, also, like identifying the right funnel strategy and process for their market offer and also funnel positioning in their business. And then also reviewing what some of their successful competitors are doing and trying to essentially swipe and copy what they're doing because if they're already leaps ahead of where you're at, then, well, you can essentially model your efforts off of them and have, you know, some substantial uh, success by doing so. And then finally, just execute. Uh, I see this mistake quite a bit. Um, A lot of people don't execute. You know, they get caught up in um, that decision fatigue and just um, that procrastination because they're being a perfectionist. And and I've done it, you know, from time to time as well. I still do it from time to time. But, you know, honestly, functional is always greater than perfect. Mm -hmm. So I I highly recommend to people that, they try not to chase perfection because if they do, they're always going to be delaying and leaving money on the table. Um, and they're also going to just overstress themselves throughout the funnel development process. So I just highly recommend that someone focuses on getting a, a funnel out there that's functional versus perfect. Look, I think that uh, that would probably be one of the most common mistakes 
that people make when they're implementing new strategies. And I mean, we're talking specifically sales funnels here, but, you know, get it out there uh, because you, then it's a, a process of improvement. You can improve on the design. You can improve on the headlines. You can improve on the copy. But if you have a baseline, if you get it out there and you know it converts at X percent, you can add to that moving forwards and you can always pivot and change it and try new things. I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, tenacity and, and patience and, and things like that. But, you know, don't be patient waiting to get it perfect. Be patient once you get it out there in making changes and getting feedback and getting numbers and getting data. I mean, we had uh, something that we worked on earlier last year where you know we thought we were getting fantastic conversions to a to a live event and we made one simple change in the headline slash offering which was rather than giving people a free ticket these people were allocated a number of seats and they had to valid they had to verify that they wanted the seats otherwise the tickets would be passed on to somebody else and that took the conversions through the roof so don't give up i mean you've just got to keep working at it now you mentioned earlier josh about your your guide and and when we were chatting before the call you said that you had a special offer for our listeners um and it is definitely a very generous offer can you let them know what you're offering them to help them with this with their sales funnel problems and how they can they can get it yeah, of course. Um, well, you know, I, I know I mentioned it before, but, uh, you know, I put together this phenomenal guide, in my opinion, that really packs a ton of value and it's all free. Uh, it's called the Conversion Flight Rules Guide. And um, in it, you know, they're going to find just a wealth of tips so this way they can boost their funnel performance and get more leads and get more sales. Um, plus, it's going to help them identify their perfect customer um, as well. So this way they can really center their marketing to that one perfect perfect customer that they've identified uh, by going through this guide. Um, they can download it 100% for free uh, by either, if they're in the U.S. and they can do this, they could text to 38470, the keyword CVO, which is a customer value optimization, CVO. Or, you know, anybody can do this, obviously. They can go to www.cvoxcel.com dot com forward slash cfr which stands for conversion flight rules Fantastic. Excellent. We'll put those links and the the text number and keyword in the show notes uh, as well. I've just downloaded that, Josh, so I'm, I'm going to have a look. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pretty, well. I'm pretty keen to have a look. <laughs> awesome. um, Josh, thank you very much. That, that's been absolutely fantastic. I, I know this is going to give people a little bit more clarity on, you know, having a sales funding funnel and why it's important. And obviously they can go to cvoxl.com to contact you if they want to find out more yes that's correct awesome man well thanks so much for sharing your knowledge george it's, it's been a pleasure having you here yeah it's been my pleasure guys uh, thanks for having me greg wasn't that an awesome episode man yeah so many killer tips i really think we need to get him back for a, a part two because um i just know you know there's so many things to a sales funnel that you can optimize and tweak and and you know different things you can do even after the the sale so i'd love to get some more advanced tips from josh yeah, tips, tools, tricks, you know, uh, between his understanding of the process and our understanding of the best way to design it, you know, listening to that would definitely accelerate any small business. You so yep. what's your killer tip from the episode today? Look, <laughs> It has to be, you know, invest in killer design. Like, honestly, we see a lot of 
sales pages that we have to redesign and they are a lot you know, template driven or just you know not much effort gone into the design and and the customers come to us because of the fact that they're not getting good conversions and just by changing the design on average increases the conversions by about 30% we find on average I mean you know it depends on the offer and all those things but it can really help if you invest in good design so what's your killer tip buddy Dude, I want to reinforce that whole thing about design. Okay, minimum viable product, maybe use a template, but yeah. uh, design is critical. I mean, it was mentioned in this episode, there's just so many people doing the same thing with the same templates today that if you don't make your design unique and brand it to your business, you're going to suffer for it. Look, my, my tip is have tenacity. You know, Josh mentioned it. You, you just can't – it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and don't be disappointed when you launch a sales funnel and you're not getting your know, 50% conversions. You've just got to get it out there and then you've got to have the patience and the tenacity to keep improving it and bringing that conversion rate up. It's certainly better than having one-shot attempts constantly because once you build a good sales funnel, it is repeatable. It doesn't have to all be automated. It can be a combination of automation and talking to real people and sending emails, but it's got to be part of a, a process that is repeatable. Absolutely. Yeah. Killer tip, man. Well, that's it, buddy. I might just wrap it up there. And listener, if you're still with us, thanks for listening. And if you found this valuable, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. That'll help get our ratings up. And if you have a comment or, you know, you want us to give some feedback on your sales funnel, just jump into our website at therealmagic.com and leave a comment under the episode post. Thanks, listener. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Al. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.